You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Three episodes ago, I was very encouraged by my conversation with CBS draft analyst Kyle Boone, where he shared with me and all of us that he feels the Kings are in an excellent position at number 12 overall in this year's draft to get a player that checks the boxes of what I want the Kings to go out and get. That's bringing in someone who's not necessarily a world breaker, who's not going to be a future star for the Kings, may not even make all-rookie first team and will never be an all-star in his career, but someone who comes in and right away can make an impact and fills a need on this Kings team. We're looking at the wing position. We're looking at a potential three and D player who can plug right in and fill a role with the Sacramento Kings starting next season. Well, there are three guys that are expected to be available or potentially available at that number 12 range. And those three have sparked a lot of debate and conversation here in Sacramento. We're going to talk about the three, Devin Vassell, Aaron Neesmith, and Patrick Williams on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years, just wrapped up my sixth season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. And I like to be fully transparent with you here on the Locked on Kings podcast. I am in no way, shape, or form a draft analyst or expert. To me, the NBA draft is an absolute crapshoot. And especially for the Sacramento Kings, who have done so poorly in the draft over these last 14 seasons of missing the playoffs, the draft itself is not always intriguing to me. Now, when the Kings move all the way up to the number two overall pick or move into the top five and land players like Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox, it's more entertaining and more interesting than when you're in the lottery, but at the number 12 spot. That being said, when I'm able to hear from experts who dedicate their lives, their career, and hours upon hours upon hours every single year to analyzing draft prospects, even if they get some wrong and and some right, I listen to those people, and I really take what they have to say seriously. So when Kyle Boone said on the Locked on Kings podcast last week that the Kings are in a great position to get a guy that I want the Kings to go out and get, not someone specifically, but someone whose skill set fits in with what the Sacramento Kings are trying to do, or at least what we understand they're trying to do now with Monty McNair in charge, when he shared his enthusiasm and optimism for the Kings position, it fired me up. His most recent mock draft has these three wings that we're going to talk about today right in the same range of picks. Could go as low as 8 or 7, could fall as far as 14-15. So the Kings, at 12, find themselves right in the middle of that, meaning there is a very good opportunity that at least one will be available on draft night. 
Now, as I go in-depth into these three prospects today, I want you to know that some of this comes from me watching film and highlight packages and whatever information that I'm available to see and privy to online. But most of this comes from the analysts, the experts, quotes that scouts have said. So most of this does not include my opinion. However, I do have a preference of who I would like the Kings to take and an order that I would like the Kings to have these three players on their draft board. And that's going to be made very apparent to you because it's in the order that we're talking about today. We're going to start with Devin Vassell, who is my favorite out of the three. And also, uh, you heard Kyle Boone talk about how he feels Vassell is probably the ideal pick for what the Sacramento Kings are looking for in this draft. Then we're going to talk about pure shooter Aaron Naismith. And we're going to wrap up with young, exciting defensive prospects with incredible upside Patrick Williams. But let's start with my favorite, Devin Vassell. 20 years old, six foot seven. He was a wing and a sophomore at Florida State. Uh, after not too much playing time and really struggling to score his freshman year, he averaged 12.7 points, shooting 49% from the field, 41% from three point range, and 73% from the free throw line, along with five rebounds a game his sophomore season. Saw his role uh, increase significantly and really made the most out of that. We're going to look at his strengths, we're going to look at some of his weaknesses, and then we're going to talk about overall my overall thoughts on him and why I like him the most out of the three. But let's start with his strengths. Again, most of this comes from scouts uh, and mock drafts and different websites out there. A little bit of it is my own personal opinion. I'll try and point those out as we get through. But one of the major strengths of Vassell uh, that a lot of people have talked about. By the way, I've heard it pronounced as both Vassell and Vassell, but I believe Vassell is the appropriate pronunciation just in case you care. But athleticism is one of Vassell's biggest strengths. He's called a, quote, explosive leaper and a, quote, fluid athlete who runs the floor well. Right there, I'm very interested because we know that Vassell has the athleticism and the desire and the ability to fit into the offensive system that Monty McNair and Luke Walton seem to agree the Kings need to play next season, which is going back to 2018-2019 Kings with De'Aaron Fox at the point and everybody running up and down the floor and trying to run teams out of gyms. Vassell likes to play in that style. As that quote said again, he's a fluid athlete who runs the floor well. We're looking at 3 and D guys here. We're looking at someone who's going to space the floor and, and, and be able to shoot the ball and provide something on offense, but defensively will help change the Kings' identity from a poor defensive team that they've been for far too long to a at least decent defensive team. I think if the Kings improved from bottom of the league defensively to top 15 I think we'd see a significant improvement on uh, their overall record. We know this team can score. It's defensively that there are still a lot of question marks. So to bring in someone who has that natural ability and desire on top of it to play defense at the NBA level, that's a big plus here. And it seems like Vassell has that. He has a near seven foot wingspan, great for defense. And of course, talking offensively, he shot 41% from three point range in both 
seasons at Florida State, both as a freshman and as a sophomore. Now his attempts went way up as a sophomore, shooting three-plus attempts per game in 2020. So it's not like he was only shooting one a game and he was making a majority of them. He hits a lot of three-point shots, and he's not afraid to take a decent amount of them. He can create off the dribble. He has a decent pull-up game. He also has a go-to step-back jumper that he uses uh, to create space. So he has flashes of the ability uh, to uh, take care of the basketball and control the basketball and handle the basketball if it's not in the hands of a, of a point guard like De'Aaron Fox, Corey Joseph, or even Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, here are some quotes from different scouts. Quote, he is a very good rebounder considering his frame. Uh, He is an unselfish player who passes willingly and is an underrated passer, Uh, so that's good. He shows the ability to to fit maybe that ideal wing, uh, off-ball and on-ball player that Luke Walton seems to really like. He also has the reputation for being a tough competitor, and that is what really intrigues me about Vassell. I want someone who's going to come in and who's going to work hard, and that doesn't have to be taught. They're going to take their defense seriously, and they're going to take getting scored on personally. That is what I'm looking for out of a player in this draft, if you can find one, and it seems like Vassell has that. Now let's look at his weaknesses. He struggles in isolation to create for himself. He does have that step-back jumper, but other than that, he's pretty one-dimensional there, so he really needs his teammates and and off-ball screens and uh, reading what a defense gives him uh, to create his own shots. Much better catch-and-shoot player uh, than he is shooting off the dribble. Uh, Here's a quote. He needs to put on weight and bulk up his frame. That doesn't concern me too much because, look, he's a he's a 20-year-old kid, and he's coming into the NBA out of college. He hasn't even f- hit his maximum development yet. He's going to put on plenty of muscle over the next few years, so that really does not concern me. Uh, what does concern me is that he's not great at drawing fouls. He only got to the foul line 2.2 times a game, and when he was there, he wasn't the greatest free-throw shooter, 73% uh, from the free-throw line. Here's another quote. Vassell may struggle with scoring consistently early in his NBA career as it was somewhat inconsistent in college. And remember, these players are coming off of a shortened season. It's not like he shot uh, 43% from three-point range, or I'm sorry, 41% from three-point range over the course of an entire college season, including an NCAA tournament run. It was in a shortened season that he shot 41%, shooting over three attempts per game uh, in a more significant role. So there's some question marks there. Also, there's been a recent video that's come out, I'm sure you've seen it, of his shot release. It's high, which is good, but it's not consistent, and it looks a little wonky and a little bit broken, and that's concerning, especially as a shooter coming into the NBA. You don't want to see him make drastic changes from what they were doing. The shot was going in, but it was, of course, in drills and not in live NBA action where grown men are going to be able to take advantage of every issue that you have as a rookie right away. So overall, he is considered a, quote, prototypical 3 and D wing. He plays with a relentlessness on defense that I love. Uh, his shot form is a concern but he is considered a reliable shooter, and reliable is what we are looking for here. Uh, He can guard multiple positions, which is great. He does need to put on weight, of course. And finally, the last thing I want to say about Vassell actually is a quote from his profile on NBA.com, and this really stood out to me. Why? Because it checks a lot of the boxes, if not all of the boxes, that I'm looking for for the Kings. Here's the full quote. 
Vassell filled a significant role for the Florida State Seminoles, who did not rely heavily on any one scorer. He provided efficient floor spacing and finished emphatically in the open floor. Everything you want there from a prospect, right there. We know he's a 3 and D guy. We know he can guard multiple positions. He thrived offensively on a team that does not have a superstar scorer, which the Kings don't have yet. Maybe Fox is going to turn into that, but the Kings are more of an all-around, well-rounded offensive team than they are a lean on someone to get them 30-plus points a night. Uh, So Vassell is used to playing in that kind of role in that kind of system. Uh, He provided efficient floor spacing, which is exactly what you want next to De'Aaron Fox as a 3-and-D guy, of course. Uh, And he finished emphatically uh, in the open floor on fast breaks. Uh, And, of course, we know the Kings are going to play that style. So Devin Vassell, out of the three, is my favorite. I'm sure it will change a number of times as more information does come out. But I'm really excited about this young prospect, and I hope he's available for the Kings at 12. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by two fantastic sponsors. The first, Rock Auto. Buying car parts is really difficult. There's way too many makes way too many models, and now it's really impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in any traditional chain storefront. Instead of enduring the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Obviously, it's all about taking care of your car, but saving money where you can, so you can use it for other important things like your mortgage or your food. Instead of spending 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store, use rockauto.com right now and you'll have complete access to the best deals and a wide range of parts right there at your fingertips. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody And they're all reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based off of what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and it does not require memberships or account login. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. An amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Today's podcast is also brought to you by Built Go, the healthy replacement for your energy drink. But the energy is not fake. It's lasting and it's natural. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. It helps you to break through that wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can get through it with Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can do what I do, putting it in my golf bag to power through the back nine. You can also put it in your pocket and just use it to get through a normal workday. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy, but it's without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural. So it's also better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It also has three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. But how does Built Bar work so well? It combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast-absorbing protein, so it gets into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. It also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you 
look better as well as feel better. Right now, visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. The next guy we're talking about today, Aaron Naismith. It does not surprise me at all that he has so many Kings fans absolutely infatuated. It also wouldn't surprise me if Monty McNair is a big fan of him. Why? Well, in an era where three-point shooting is king in the NBA, Aaron Naismith might be the most pure shooting prospect in this draft class. 21 years old, he's a six foot six wing, more of a shooting guard than a small forward, but has the potential to play both positions. A sophomore at Vanderbilt before declaring for the NBA draft, 23 points per game. He averaged his sophomore season, shot 51% from the field, 52% from three point range, and 82% from the free throw line. Also averaged 4.9 rebounds and 1.4 steals. It won't surprise anybody. Naismith is a pure shooter. He, quote, displayed tremendous range uh, in college. He, of course, could hit the college three, could step back to where the NBA three is, hit that comfortably, even step back further beyond that and knock down shots. He, quote, has a uh, clean and concise shooting motion and he gets shots off quickly after setting his feet, which is great coming right into the NBA so you can get that shot off quick and not be uh, uh, hounded by defense or have your shot blocked. Uh, He has studied, apparently, Steph Curry and James Harden, and he's been trying to implement their shot creation skills, the step-back ability, the ability to to get away from a defender and get that quick release off, which is great for a wing and an off-ball player to be working on those skills. We know he's a great catch-and-shooter, but if he can establish his ability to create his own shot, at an elite level, he's going to have a, a phenomenal NBA career. He uh, On the defensive end, he relies on his wingspan and his effort to play decent defense. He's not a great defender, but he's not a horrible defender, at least uh, from what we understand. Uh, his offensive and defensive abilities are enhanced by his high basketball IQ. So many scouts consider uh, Naismith to be a very smart basketball player. He puts himself in the right positions on both ends of the ball, which you like to see coming right into the NBA. And look, if you're shooting 52% from three-point range, a lot of people are going to assume, okay, you're only taking one or two attempts per game and, and you're making the majority of them. But Naismith averaged 8.2 attempts per game and he made 4.3. This man takes a lot of threes and he makes a lot of threes. He also, quote, has an NBA-ready body and good upper body strength. But what about weaknesses for Naismith? Well, his shooting in college, we don't know how sustainable that is because, remember, only an abbreviated season. Would he have shot 52% for the entire season, including an NCAA tournament run? Probably not. He got off to a red-hot start, and it just so happened the season came to an end while he still had uh, the 52 in that stat column. But is that sustainable? Absolutely not. At the NBA level, what do you want that to be? Low to mid-40s, I'm absolutely happy with. Maybe that's the case. Maybe not. We're not really going to know until he actually gets into the NBA, of course. Uh, As a freshman, he only shot 33% from three-point range. So what is more him? 
what is the anomaly? Is the 33% an anomaly or is the 52% an anomaly? Obviously, as a pure shooter coming into the NBA, if 33% is the norm or more normal than 52% is, that's a little bit concerning. Uh, He, quote, lacks great vision and passing ability. He looks to score rather than set up his teammates, which is something he's definitely going to have to work on, especially if he was playing in the Sacramento Kings system where uh, they rely on moving the ball and there's not a a go-to guy. They try to get everybody involved. Also, his assist-to-turnover ratio is not great, which suggests he really needs to work on both that passing ability and his ball handling. Uh, He averaged 0.9 assists, so less than one assist per game but averaged 1.7, so nearly two turnovers a game. That needs work. Uh, His ball handling ability breaks down as he tries to attack the basket, so he's a lot stronger on the outside and more confident on the outside than he is in the paint and around uh, the rim. He does have slow foot speed defensively. Now, he's able to get over it, at least in the college level, by being smart and putting himself in the right positions. But with the speed and the strength and the athleticism and the basketball IQ at the NBA level, that's probably going to become something uh, that haunts him a little bit. Uh, And the last thing that I want to read for you in weaknesses was a a quote uh, from, I think this was NBA.com, says he's likely to get crowded at the next level and he may struggle to create off the dribble against NBA wings. Scouting reports are out there. Players are going to know, okay, whatever team Naismith lands on, he is a pure catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. So how do you disrupt him as a rookie? You crowd him. You get in his space. And as of right now, it doesn't seem like he has the tools and tricks that he needs to create space and get that elite shot off. Of course, we expect that to come with time, so that's not a draft stock killer by any means. Overall, I do feel that Naismith is the best pure shooter in this draft, and that is enticing or will be enticing to the Sacramento Kings. If he's available at 12, I certainly wouldn't hate or frown upon the Kings for taking him. Uh, He definitely fills more of the three role than he does the D role, but if he can provide elite three-point shooting with halfway decent defense, I am definitely okay with that. There are a lot of unknowns about him that do concern me, but you can't really let that bother you too much because this is all a prediction game and a flip of the coin anyway at the NBA draft. Uh, And also, I think it's important to note and talk about, and maybe a lot of you are thinking it, Aaron Naismith would be a pretty good Buddy Heald replacement if the Sacramento Kings decide to trade away Buddy Heald in his contract. You bring in Naismith, who probably is not going to be as great of a shooter as Buddy Heald is right away or even in the first couple of years of his career, but someone who fills the Buddy Heald skill set, he can come off the bench and be more willing to accept that rotational scorer role and also wouldn't be a total disaster on the defensive end, at least we hope. And finally, there is Patrick Williams, the teammate to Devin Vassell, 19 years old, so the youngest out of the three. He's a six foot seven wing, more of a three four combo uh, at the NBA level, probably. Also a true freshman, averaged 9.2 points, shot 45% from the field, only 32% from three point range, but 83% from the free throw line. Also averaged four rebounds, one block, and a steal. 
Williams is a defensive prospect first and foremost. And while he does have high upside, he's going to need a lot of work and development. And that can be concerning, especially with the Kings and their history to develop players. Now, of course, there's a new front office in place, but... If you mention development of high upside prospects in Sacramento, it has a tendency of not working out. But he does have high upside, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And if the Kings are looking for someone to change their defensive identity, Patrick Williams could be the guy. He is an explosive athlete. He also has a very aggressive mindset, especially on the offensive glass, he is a very underrated offensive rebounder, which I like, can give your team second and third chance opportunities. He does have NBA strength and a near seven-foot wingspan coming into the league. So, of course, he's going to put on more weight and get more in shape at the NBA level, but he is at least willing to be physical uh, and hang and bang uh, with the grown men and athletes of the NBA right away. He can also defend multiple positions, a very physical defender, not afraid of creating contact and will not get shoved away too easily. He does have good speed and a great ability to read and cut off passing lanes. Here are some quotes from different scout breakdowns and profiles of Patrick Williams. He has, quote, phenomenal hand strength, can catch a ball with one hand pretty easily. Uh, He, quote, shows tons of untapped potential, so he has a high upside, as we know. And he, quote, displays the ability to create for others with his vision and passing skills. So as we transition into weaknesses, you'll notice there weren't too many strengths talking about the offensive side of his game, except for what I said right there his passing ability. So while offensively he's not going to score a ton of points and he's going to be more known for his defense uh, while he's playing on the floor, he's not useless offensively. He can score, especially around the rim, when he needs to, and he can also find open teammates, which is important. But, of course, his overall weakness, he's just a major question mark on the offensive end. Here's a quote. Does not seem to have the instinct as a high-level scorer. And you know what? That's okay. Not every NBA prospect has to be a 20-plus point-per-game scorer or even a 15-plus point-per-game scorer. If Patrick Williams can reach his full potential of being a defensive juggernaut, one of the best defenders, not just on the Kings, but a top defender in the NBA and only averages 7 to 8 points a game for his career, I can more than live with that. Here's another quote for you. Standout role player could be his ceiling, which technically checks my box. I didn't say that I wanted the Kings to go out and get a star, but I am a little bit concerned that standout role player is his ceiling, and at 19 years old, he has to develop to that. So the Kings will be putting in years worth of work to get him to that point that he won't be able to provide that in the first year or two of his NBA career. And like I said, I'm also looking for the Kings to bring in someone who can help make an impact right away. I'm not talking about a difference maker to get the Kings to the playoffs, but someone who deserves playing time and we don't have to question whether or not they're going to get any opportunity on the floor. Here's both a strength and a weakness for Patrick Williams. Quote, He has a great reputation for being a nice kid, but at times has been called too nice and in need of more grit. If you're going to be a defender at the NBA level, you have to have an element of grit 
to you. So I imagine being a nice guy is not a horrible thing to have on your draft profile, but if you are too nice, that could maybe take away from the mindset that you need to be an effective defender at the NBA level. I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, He does, of course, need to work on his offensive skills, especially his post skills and his footwork. And here's one more quote for you. He likely will be a player that really benefits from a good development situation or may not make it with his first team in a wrong situation. That worries me. And that was directly from, I think, DraftExpress.net. That, with the Kings' history of developing players, that worries me. That he might never reach his full potential on the Kings because of their struggles to properly develop players. That, right there, is why, compared to Vassell and Naismith, he is at the bottom of the list for me. Overall, he's a long-term project, does have upside, could be a defensive monster, wouldn't hate it if the Kings picked him, but would be disappointed if either Vassal or Naismith or both were available and they decided to go with Williams. What do you think? Out of those three, who, if any, would you like the Sacramento Kings to draft? And if none of those three, tell me who you would love to see the Kings get at the number 12 overall range in this 2020 NBA draft that we are less than a month away from. You can tell me via Twitter, at MattGeorgeKHTK, or you can tell me via email, MGeorgeSackLocalMedia.com. I am going to be joined on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast by another fantastic guest. I'm looking forward to talking to him for the first time ever, Carl Berman. He's a managing partner and a scout for NetScout's basketball Uh, he wrote a mock draft that has been featured one of the top 10 mock drafts and is a contributor for nba.com so we're going to talk to him in detail about the three players today plus more as we take a look at his mock drafts and the potential for what the kings could do at number 12 maybe they move up maybe they move down we'll get carl's opinion on all of that so please join me on tomorrow's podcast until then my name is matt george you have been listening to the locked on kings podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.